Radio Influence. Podcasting redefined. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, T.J. Reeves. Well, we have reached the week, the most wonderful month of the year, in particular, the best event of the year. Here we go with the 2019 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. The madness, the mayhem, the upsets. we got to figure out what's going to happen, where, and why, and we're ready to do it. Here on our only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to underdogs, it is Three Dog Thursday. I am your somewhat lucid and capable host. He is senior handicapper and writer, Vegas Insider, Mr. Kevin Rogers with me. Are you raring to go here for a March Madness tip-off edition of Three Dog Thursday, sir? Good to be back. This is March, and uh, looking forward uh, to this tournament, and you know, we'll see if you know, as always, if the chalk rises to the top or who's going to be this year's Loyola Chicago, you know, who's going to be that team that's going to make a run that we know nothing about right now, but in two weeks we'll know everything about. Yeah, it does say something for uh, these little guys that make the runs like Loyola Chicago did last year, Wichita State in 2013, Virginia Commonwealth in 2011, Butler also in 2011, George Mason. We love the little guys. And we should say before we go too far along, we did have on last week's show the qualifier, the dark horses in the conference tournaments. We each picked three of them. And Kevin, we bow to you. Very nice. With the Iowa State Cyclones in a tough Big 12, they were the three seed, not the one or the two seed. That was the criteria. You took them. They knocked off Kansas. They won the Big 12 tournament. Very impressive call. Thank you. And I mean, look, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, say that it, it wasn't, you know, great or wasn't brilliant. Like I'm not, I'm not going to pat myself on the back for it simply because, you know, if it was Oklahoma state or West Virginia that won it, you know, that's one thing like, Oh my God, no one saw this coming. Iowa state was still a really good team in the Big 12. And, it was a very competitive conference. You know, Kansas, you know, it seemed like they took a step back even though they made the, the conference championship. But we know Kansas State's a quality team. Texas Tech's a quality team. Iowa State's a quality team. Uh, that you have about five really good teams there that all could have won it. And you see they've all, you know, gone to the tournament. Even Oklahoma, who lost to West Virginia, is still in the tournament. So, you know, I, I just don't think that it was that big of a shocker. Maybe the way they beat Kansas in the championship was – but this was still, you know, a really good team that, that just wasn't playing well at the end. But they turned it on when they had to. They have a good contingent in Kansas City over the years. You know, so they, they had a nice little advantage there. And, you know, and it worked out for them. And they had a couple blowouts early. And, and uh, you know, now they're in the tournament uh, without any question. Yeah, nice job by Iowa State. But again, you know, West Virginia had pulled an upset earlier in that tournament, had knocked out Texas Tech, gave Kansas some trouble. But Iowa State rose to the top. I actually did well as well. I had those Auburn Tigers as a five seed. I really thought they would do well in the SEC tournament in particular, that LSU would be vulnerable without Will Wade as the coach and maybe not having Javante Smart, the, the great point guard. And, and as it turns out, LSU got beat by Florida. Auburn beat Florida. Auburn clobbered Tennessee. We're going to talk 
talk a lot about Auburn and a possible upset of Auburn or, or their matchup in the NCAA tournament in a little bit, but they were great on the weekend. So I had them. So one for me. Uh, I had Michigan as well, which got to the championship game. But Kevin, once again, uh, Michigan beaten by Michigan State three straight weekends. They lose at home in Ann Arbor. They then lose at East Lansing. And now in the championship game of the Big Ten tournament, they lose again. I mean, Michigan State gets the whammy over them heading into the tournament. Um, So give a lot of credit to Sparty. And I know Wolverine fans unhappy with all this. Yeah, but you know what? It always goes back to this that, you know, it's like in college football, you know, does anybody really remember, and I, I know the answer is yes, but you lose the rivalry game, but if you still went on to win the championship, you know, if, if Michigan, let's just say, and I know losing to Michigan State three times is not ideal for them, but if Michigan ends up going to the Final Four, Michigan State gets bounced in the second game, then what does it really matter that they lost them three times? You know, I know for bragging rights, it's going to be, oh, we'll beat you three times, but then they can turn around and say, well, we made it to the Final Four and you lost to so-and-so in the second round, so what does that mean? So that's always where I kind of go with, Yes, right now it doesn't look good for Michigan, but also let's see how these teams fare in the in the tournament because Michigan State and Michigan are both teams that started off great. Michigan State was great to begin Big Ten play, and then they had their stumbles. They had a couple questionable losses, and they bounced back, and Michigan had the same thing. But, uh, yeah, we'll see right now. The good thing is everyone can hit the reset button. That's true. How you do in the big dance is remembered the most. And Michigan was in the championship game last year. And of course, Michigan State seemed to be everybody's favorite a few years ago. uh, Lost in the opening game against Middle Tennessee State. I had them that year going all the way to win the whole thing. And uh, and they got beat in the opening game. So you're right. How you do in the tournament uh, will be big. All right, we got predictions coming. Underdog picks from Kevin and me coming for the Thursday games. Let me set the table of what else we have for you. Brand new fun game besides the bracket from FanVestWageringExchange.com. It's their March Madness portfolio game. John Culver, the founder and CEO of FanVest Wagering Exchange, will be here to explain the game about how you invest in teams. It doesn't lock in just with the start of the tournament. You can invest and reinvest with teams. He's going to be here. Special interview. They're a special sponsor here in March for Three Dog Thursday. And John will be on the program to explain their new game. The, The disclaimer, and you'll hear me saying this in the interview with him, is you've got to get in before the games begin on Thursday. So we urge you go to fanvestwageringexchange.com. It'll take you less than uh, five minutes to sign up. It'll take you five minutes or so to, to invest your your imaginary FanVest bucks and pick your teams just like the stock market. It could go up and down in their value. So John will explain more of that in a little bit. Also, another special guest that will be here, the play-by-play voice of Abilene Christian University, ACU. They're playing Kentucky Thursday night in the opening round, 15 versus 2 game in Jacksonville. Grant Boone will be here. You know Grant as well from his work if you watch the Golf Channel. Channel, uh, and their coverage of the PGA and the LPGA Tour. He's on the Masters live coverage online for CBS. Grant does a great job as a broadcaster, a broadcasting bud of mine. I look forward to talking with him about a great story. Abilene Christian, only Division One for the last six years. They're former, uh, formerly a Division Two quality program, but only Division One for the last six years. Only eligible for the NCAA tournament. This is their second year, and they won the Southland Conference Tournament Championship. So Grant Boone will be here in a little bit on the show. And we've talked before that that is such the charm, the little guys. I mean, I worked the Sunbelt Conference title game with Georgia State this weekend out of Atlanta winning the Sunbelt. But whether you're talking about Iona or Montana or whoever, the one-bid leagues, that's the charm of this tournament, Kevin. 
Well, I'll, I'll just give you. I'll just go back to when I was the voice of Florida A and M years ago in the in the Mid Eastern Athletic Conference. The the coach of FAMU, you know, he always used to say that. You know, the regular, like if they lost a non-conference, that was all just tune-up games. That was, those were all money games just before you got to the conference season. So you can set yourself up and have a good seed, and then basically you have your week that you have to do everything or less than a week or four days or whatever it is. Your whole season's on the line, and you can end up going to the NCAA tournament. And basically, I mean, yeah, we've seen the Loyola Chicago's and the George Mason's and, and the VCU's and all of them make runs, but for these really small conferences, basically, if you get to the big dance, you've won. You know that you're not going to win the championship. You're on the same level as Duke, Virginia, Kentucky, any of those teams, but you've won. And you, you've been a success because you've gotten your name out there. Yeah, if you pull an upset, that's great. You lose by 60 points, okay, so be it. But for these small conferences, like this is, if they win it, then that's, they've made their season like that. And that leads me, Kevin, now, after I've got that out of the way, I want to get this out of the way, too, before we get to the picks. I haven't had a chance to talk to you about the selection process, the committee, the field of 68. Was there anything that stood out? Uh, you know, a lot of people griping about Michigan State being in the same bracket with Duke. If Michigan State was truly the fifth best team, the best second seed, why are they in there with Duke in the in the East Regional? Uh, was there something that you have a problem that you have a problem with that stood out for you from the committee that they got wrong or whatever? I don't really have a problem with seedings, you know, because you have more than four really good teams, you know, that you're going to have really good teams together in the same region. So it's just going to happen like that. And, you, and it makes for great elite eight games just because you're not in the final four doesn't mean that they can't be great games. Now, my only thing is this, I kind of go the opposite with teams that got snubbed. I don't th- I think it was hard to fill out the field. I don't know how Oklahoma has a good argument to be in. I don't know how Ole Miss has a good argument to be in. You know, I'm saying teams that weren't automatic bids. I think they had a struggle to get these teams in. That's why, you know, if you're Indiana, well, I don't think Texas should have been in either. But some of these other teams, like, forget it. Like, you don't belong in. You know, like some of these other teams that got in over them, I I think that they just had to fill out the field. And it's almost gotten not too big. But if you cut, if you went to back to 64 teams and you cut out the first four games, I think it'd be fine. I think the term would still be fine if you I, cut out four you know, is, at larges. And to your point about that, that you know, the NCAA selection committee went to this new net formula, which they haven't really explained the whole formula. They do talk about the quad one versus quad two wins, where you won the game on the road. Uh, on a neutral floor, but you, you go to those net rankings, and I realize it's a subjective process where the committee is voting on teams, not just going by a computer formula and rubber stamping it. But when when St. John's is 73 in the net and all those teams you left out like Greensboro and Alabama and Texas and TCU and NC State all had a much better net ranking. I mean, NC State's in the 30s in the net. TCU's like 51, 22 spots in front of St. John's. It doesn't say much uh, at all for that net ranking in that part of the process. Yeah, and, you know, I, I just also want to throw this point out, too. I know which I'm kind of stating the obvious here, but I'm totally for all these small conferences getting automatic bids because then I always say, what's the point of having all these other small conferences if they have no shot to be in the tournament? But also on the flip side, when I look at, like, the NIT, for instance, there and I think the NIT is a quality tournament. I think you have a lot of good teams there. I know it sounds crazy but i think there's probably at least 10 or 15 teams in the nit 
that would beat the final 20 teams that get in, or maybe the final 15 teams that get in the NCAA tournament, I think all of them all, all beat these lower-tier teams. I don't see where Indiana or Georgetown or Texas or Creighton, I don't see where any of them lose to Fairleigh Dickinson. I don't see where any of them lose to Prairie View. I don't see where any of them lose to, you know, Montana. I just don't. I, so it's kind of an odd thing that you have better teams in another tournament, but I think it makes this tournament better because if you win your conference, you deserve to be in, as opposed to being like the seventh place team in a major conference. Yep. And we've, yep, and we've talked about that before, about those teams kind of in the middle of uh, the power conferences versus the extra mid-majors, et cetera. All right, we're going to get to the picks coming up, I promise. A couple of Thursday games, then later Kevin's back on the show to pick the Friday games he likes for underdogs as well. And I'll be making some picks as well. By the way, if you are looking to wager legally on these games, we encourage you to do so with our friends at MyBookie. Because again, whether you're talking about Zion, Williamson, and Duke trying to make the the march uh, to madness, and you want to bet on the favorites like Kentucky or Virginia or Michigan, Michigan State, uh, or if you want to go with the underdog picks like what we're making and look for the upsets and where they might be coming, our friends at MyBookie are enthused. They're ready to take those bets. And and one of the great things about MyBookie is we go along for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and the blur of games. They're going to pay out quickly within 48 hours. Uh, we suggest as a sponsor here to the show, you you utilize them. And we've got a promo code 3DOG to use when you go sign up at MyBookie. Uh, the first time you sign up, they're going to give you a 50% bonus with the promo code three dogs that's exclusive for this show go to my bookie to make your wagers uh, from us and use the promo code the number three and the word dog dog for three dog thursday three dog gets you a 50 percent bonus again it is uh completely uh, safe. It is. It is uh, your picks, your information, all of it that are there, and they obviously have that forty-eight hour window or less where you're going to see payouts on all of your wagers. So get those upsets ready. Get those brackets ready. Maybe you're going to go all favorites. You're going to go all chalks. Just use my bookie. That's our suggestion uh, here as part of Three Dog Thursday. And remember the promo code again: Three Dog. Fifty percent bonus they're giving you if you sign up for the first time uh, here with us as part of the offer from my bookie for march madness so go do that and save all right we've waited long enough here's the criteria we're going to get to a couple of thursday predictions kevin again will be back a little bit later on with the friday underdog predictions as well we're going to go thursday and friday so if you're listening to us on friday you already know whether these picks are right or not but the criteria is it's not really an upset in an eight nine game and really not in a seven ten game so kevin looking over the thursday slate of a of a few games there that you have to go with with the criteria let's say 11 seeds and beyond where do you want to begin for three dog thursday with an underdog prediction in the ncaa tournament opening round for the thursday games I'm going to go with the Gales of St. Mary's. They are facing the defending champion Villanova Wildcats. And Villanova was able to win the Big East tournament. They they had some questionable losses in non-conference play. I mean, they lost, they got blown up by Michigan. That's not a questionable loss. But they had some other losses. We were kind of like, huh? And then they had some bad road losses at the end of Big East play, but they still managed to win the conference. Marquette melted down at the end of the season. And, you know, but Villanova still ended up winning the Big East tournament. So, you know, they're a team that's still going to be reckoned with. But they lost a couple of key guys from last year. When you look at St. Mary's, they were a team that was on the bubble, didn't know if they were going to get in. And they pull an amazing upset over Gonzaga. 
to win the West Coast Conference. They were 15-point dogs. They destroyed Gonzaga. And this is a team that down the stretch won eight of their final ten with the two losses coming to Gonzaga, who's the number one seed. So obviously we know that St. Mary's is talented. They just have problems when they're playing an elite team like Gonzaga, even though they ended up beating them. But I just think that even though St. Mary's had a lot of time off because that West Coast Conference yep. Championship was earlier than the other ones, I just think that here that they do have some momentum going in and as long as they're not playing Gonzaga, they have a really good shot at winning. You know, for Villanova, yeah, they've won five of six down the stretch. But I don't know. I think, you know, Villanova, not to say they're playing with house money because they won last year's championship, but, you know, it's it's definitely tough to, to repeat. And not to say they're going to lose here. They could lose in any one of these rounds. But I think that St. Mary's, that they have the confidence that they could definitely hang with Villanova. Yes, sir. We're kind of on the same wavelength. We've been doing the show together for four years. We think alike. St. Mary's, again, has been off longer, even though they won that game with Gonzaga. They, they will have now waited uh, some nine days to play. Villanova played in the championship game of the Big East on Saturday. Will that make a difference? Villanova's experience. St. Mary's got to go all the way to New England to go to Hartford. Six-plus-hour flight to get there. Let's see what kind of legs they have in that matchup with Villanova. I'm going to go, speaking of the travel and the obstacles, Auburn, a great weekend, as I've already said, to win the SEC tournament. Full credit to Bruce Pearl. You were propping him up, too. But they're playing New Mexico State, a team in the whack that won their title game Saturday night to get in with the automatic bid. This game in San Jose early in the day, early in the body clock on Thursday. Auburn having played four games in four days went back home from Nashville to Auburn now all the way out to Salt Lake City uh, for this matchup. I, the Aggies, a tremendous team in the whack down the stretch of the season, look great in their title game. They've got an excellent low post player. Uh, Auburn relies on that three-point shot. I think New Mexico State can hang, if not win this game and upset Auburn. Just be careful, Auburn Tigers, with the New Mexico State Aggies getting five and a half points. Kevin, I will take them here for Three Dog Thursday. It does, and also, like, you bring up a good point about Auburn that, uh, you know, they had a, a close game at the end with Florida. They blow out Tennessee, you, you know, and that was a big emotional game, I'm sure, for Bruce Pearl when he was a longtime coach at Tennessee before he had his issues and he had to exit there, and he's brought back the Auburn program. But, and I, I don't want to compare it to the smaller conferences, but, you know, like, Auburn wins the SEC title that – I'm not going to say that that solidifies or, or, you know, makes their season. It doesn't. They still have bigger things to do. But, you know, for, for Tennessee and Kentucky and these other teams and LSU that lost that had such great seasons, you know, like I talked about with Michigan, kind of hit the reset button. All right, we'll start all over again. We're Auburn. It's hard to hit the reset button when, you know, you just won this title and you, you own Tennessee. And now it's like, okay, we're, we're, we're trying to get up for an opponent that we don't really know much about. And like you said, in the region that they're traveling to, that we're not close to home. I mean, Auburn was in Nashville, and now you're going to an unfamiliar place. So, yeah, it's definitely those factors are really tough, you know, know, with that game. And, you know, a 130 Eastern tip is an 1130 tip-off out there. Like, that's still an early. It's different to adjust the clocks. It's it's not going to be easy for Auburn. And just another quick point that this is one of those early games and you're going to see several teams that are the power teams that are that are favored to win. They may sleepwalk for a while and may not slap, snap out of it at all, Kevin. Uh, when they're playing on Thursday or Friday early, early in the day, they may get caught, get caught flat-footed. Let's see uh, what happens. 
Kevin, stand by. We've got more on the way. Kevin will be back later in the show. Some Friday underdogs. Again, we're going to tell you more about a sponsor that we have here, FanVest Wagering Exchange. Their CEO, John Culver, about to be with me to talk about their March Madness portfolio game and how you can get in and invest on these teams early with their uh, FanVest uh, investment box. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk with John about this new game. They're sponsoring our show. Also, Grant Boone will be here coming up, the voice of the Abilene Christian Wildcats, the 15 seed that's playing the other Cats, Big Blue, Kentucky, and Jacksonville coming Thursday night. Grant Boone will be here to talk about that matchup. We love the little guys here. It's what we do with underdogs on Three Dog Thursday. Stay with us. We'll be back. Three Dog Thursday brought to you in part by Vivid Seats. Whether you're talking about March Madness in Hartford or San Jose, Des Moines or Jacksonville, Columbus, Ohio or Tulsa or any of the sites this weekend or all throughout the NCAA tournament, go to Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats app and use the promo code TJBasketball10 to save 10% off your order. They've got great selection. They guarantee all the pricing. Uh, They have great customer service. It's Vivid Seats, the Vivid Seats app. And again, 10% off your initial sign-up, up to $50 on your order if you use the promo code TJBasketball10. Get ready for the mayhem and the madness with Vivid Seats, and the promo code is TJBasketball10. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. And as we do continue along, we're going to welcome in a brand new sponsor with a new game for March Madness from FanVestWageringExchange.com. It is the March Madness Portfolio Challenge. And to tell us more about it is the founder and CEO of FanVest Wagering Exchange. Mr. John Culver is here. We are ready to talk about a new way to try to pick these games, and in specific, the teams that are going to go the farthest to the Final Four and the championship. John, I'm excited to have you as part of the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Welcome. It's an exciting time, and here we go, sir. Hey, TJ. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate you uh, having me on, and yeah, we're really excited about getting this product underway. Oh, yeah. And we're going to talk in more detail about how to play the game. But the first question I would have is, how did you come up with this idea for this particular game that kind of mimics the stock market, investing in teams and being able to pull your investment bucks in and out? Uh, How did you come up with it? Sure. So uh, when we first started at a FanVest Wagering Exchange uh, last April, um, our main product that we'd really been working on was uh, an NFL kind of stock market-like product where you can basically buy and sell teams like stocks and, and somewhere in the middle of fantasy and uh, investing and gambling all putting together in one. And um, we're really excited. We've had a lot of progress kind of building that out. Uh, but I had a friend approach me about a month and a half ago, um, and he said, hey, have you guys thought about doing a little something with uh, the NCAA you know, tournament? And uh, you know, I think that would be a great idea to kind of try to get a new product out there as, as we, you know, try some of our different approaches to the gambling world and the sort of fantasy sports world. And so we put our heads together and we decided to come up with something like investing, like our kind of our football product we're looking at, but also something that would give folks a different way to sort of participate in March madness, you know, over 40 million Americans, you know, do this every year. And we thought, Hey, we like the brackets, but why not try kind of a new approach, a new product approach, 
that allows folks to sort of uh, take a little bit more of an investing, a little more strategic approach to uh, the whole tournament. And we ended up coming up with uh, this little beta product for the March Madness Portfolio Challenge. Beautiful. And this is the first time I will say this, but uh, obviously we'll emphasize it a couple of times. You've got to get in quickly because just like a bracket challenge, once the games begin at noon Eastern time on Thursday, this contest is going to lock. It's free to play. It's simple to sign up, but you got to get in before noon Eastern time for this uh, FanVest Wagering Exchange March Madness Portfolio Challenge. Go sign up there at the website. Won't take you long to sign up. Won't take you long uh, to pick. And the, and the difference here is unlike a bracket challenge that locks is you've got the opportunity to lay back. You don't have to invest all your fan bucks right away. You can lay back with some of those. Use use some of it. Use most of it. Use all of it. It's really up to the player. And it's it's part of the challenge, part of what makes the game different and, and part of the strategy that's involved in the game as well uh, here with the March Madness Portfolio Challenge. Yeah, exactly, TJ, and and that's that that's right on. We basically we want everyone to come on, sign up for free, just put in your email, and when you get on board, you'll see that all the teams are going to be priced according to their seeds historical win percentage. So number one seeds, you'll see all four number one seeds are at seventy nine fan bucks per share, all the way down to your sixteen seeds down around one one fan buck per share, and that's basically over time. Number one seeds win about 79% of the games they play in the tournament. And uh, number one, uh, number 16 seeds, rather, uh, you know, they, they hadn't won any games until uh, <laughs> until uh, my alma mater uh, last year. I'll let TJ, you, you can mention that part. Oh, yeah. You took it hard there with Virginia. But, again, even if you don't want to go with all the top seeds right away, you, you can invest in them later. You can hold back some of your fan vest bucks for doing that. That's the unique part of the strategy, uh, not unlike playing the stock market. It's the same kind of thing of how much do you want to invest early at a good value. It's going to be more expensive uh, to invest later. But that's, that's part of the difference in the fun of putting uh, that strategy together to play this game. Yes, that's right. That's right. So um, there's all kinds of strategies uh, players can, can sort of uh, implement for this sort of tournament. Uh, but to your point, we have a scoring system that's called sort of our net points. And it's very simple. If you just invest in teams, let's say first round, um, the way that you maximize your net points, which is how everybody's going to be sort of scored on the leaderboard is you want to pick teams that, you know, are going to win handily, ideally, you know, have a pretty big win uh, because it's the margin of victory times the amount of shares you have is our scoring system for points. So team, you know, let's say uh, I don't want to pick Virginia because, you know, they could, they could do it again. I, I, I get very nervous about them, but let's say, you know, Duke has a, has a big, big win in the first round uh, and they win by 20 points. And, you know, you, you invested uh, five shares of Duke with some of your fan bucks. Um, in that case, you, you just take the amount of um, shares you've invested in and you multiply by that final margin of victory that Duke had. So let's say 20, you get 100 points there. But let's say you, you invested in a you know, couple teams that lost by five or 10 points. Um, you end up subtracting what their losses were from that points that you got from the winning teams. And that's how you get scored every round. Um, and the fan bucks are your fuel. They're, they're your dry powder to kind of put to work Make your picks. Um, you know, when teams lose, um, you will get affected in terms of your net points by how much they lose by in those shares you own. Uh, and then you'll have less sort of dry powder to put to work. Uh, but the team prices will go up 
Um, so you will have some value also go up for the winners you pick. That is the voice of the CEO, the founder of FanVest Wagering Exchange, Mr. John Culver, with me here for a few more moments on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Uh, excited for people to play this game, get in by noon on Thursday. And something else is different, John. Unlike a bracket challenge that locks, you can completely hit reset here on your investment portfolio. If only you could do that with a real stock market, but you can reset your picks. You can start over. I want you to explain a little more about how that will work. Hit the reset button and reinvest all of your thousand uh, fan vest bucks uh, if you want to after the first couple of days have been played. Yeah, that's right, TJ. Um, One of the things we wanted to incorporate into this kind of new way to experience March Madness is we wanted players to have the ability to make changes to their picks as the tournament went on. Um, And so while you go on and participate in this tournament, whoever teams you invest in, or you can hold some back, as TJ was saying, um, you're going to have the ability to, quote, reallocate your portfolio after each round is completed. Now, there's a kick, though. You can't just reallocate one team or two if you have, like, a team of five, uh, let's say, five teams you picked in the first round and you want to make some changes at the round of 32. You can either let, let your picks ride if you feel good about them, or you can reallocate your entire portfolio. So what would happen there is all of your picks get cleared and the amount of money that you have in fan bucks gets sent back so you have it to invest. Now... You can go and make the same picks if you'd like to, but it's going to cost you a little bit more because the remaining 32 teams are all going to be more expensive sure. by however much they won by. Yep. So at this stage, right, you have the your little strategy you want to employ here. But if I have picked poorly, let's say that I've invested in three or four teams that have already lost, I now have the opportunity either to, to use some of my investment dollars or just completely hit the reset button. Uh, that, is, that is something as part of the strategy. And I would say this, too, to the audience uh, to get in here on the March Madness Portfolio uh, Challenge, that you're looking to project, just like with your regular bracket, you're looking to project who's going to get to that final four. That's where you're going to score the most points in a regular bracket game. It's the same thing with FanVest. You're never going to get them at a better value than right now uh, at the beginning of the tournament. So if you can successfully project, you're going to be in great shape. It's not completely over. Uh, because others can invest later on and and manipulate and do it that way, but but still being able to project here at the very beginning is still a big deal. Absolutely, and one other thing too, if you guys are hearing this, you can get to the site. You have the opportunity to earn more fan bucks by referring friends. Uh, we have a oh. link where you can put in. Oh, yeah, that's right, you can juice juice your portfolio a little bit more. You get a hundred fan bucks additional every time you get a friend or colleague or family member. Uh, they you know accept your invite and they sign up and join the platform. So some folks are already um, on their way. You know they're 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 sending out referrals when they get up early onto the platform. Uh, so another advantage here for signing up other friends, you get more fan vest bucks to play with if you if you're able to refer somebody, find friends, find relatives, find enemies if you have to. Here, get them in as part of the fan vest wagering exchange. And John, uh, one more time in our in our final moments here, explain to them again the urgency getting it done before noon on Thursday and and what they need to do here. It's not hard to sign up; won't take long. But tell them tell. Tell them once again what they need to do and why. Yeah, guys, uh, please join us at uh, fanvestwageringexchange.com. 
as TJ said, it's super easy to sign up. All you got to do is you put an email, password, you'll get a little invite to come on board. Super easy. Uh, invest your fan bucks, invite friends, get more fan bucks and sign on and be sure to, you know, get your portfolio filled out before the round of 64 begins on Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Um, and please spread the word. We really look forward to having you on board and you might just win $5,000 or 500 or 100. So please join us. Uh, we really look forward to hosting you on this new way to experience March Madness. Again, absolutely free to sign up. Go act now before the games begin on Thursday. Invest those bucks wisely. You can even hit the reset button if you need to. FanVestWageringExchange.com The March Madness portfolio game. Look forward to all of this. Look forward to having John Culver back on with an update on the progress. The $5,000 grand prize. Somebody's going to sign up for free and win five grand from FanVestWageringExchange.com. Look forward to talking to John later on in the tournament around Final Four time. John, thank you. Best of luck with the game. Thank you for being a part of Three Dog Thursday and the podcast. Good luck, sir. Thank you, TJ. Really appreciate it. And, yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for playing. As promised, they will be an underdog in the Thursday night showdown, a 15 against a 2, the Abilene Christian Wildcats, ACU, in the NCAA Division I tournament for the first time on an automatic bid after their win Saturday night in the Southland Conference Championship game in Katy, Texas. They made history. They made the NCAA tournament automatically. Their name came up on Sunday night against Kentucky. Their play-by-play voice, who I go back with a ways, a broadcasting friend, as I like to joke with him, a Memphis State brother from another mother. Our Tigers, Grant Boone, are not in the tournament, but your ACU Wildcats are in. The voice of the ACU Wildcats is right here. You, uh, you know this voice. You see him and hear him on Golf Channel. He's also on the mic for ACU. Great to have you, uh, and I'm thrilled. I, I am thrilled for you that you get to be part of this. What okay, the first obvious one. What have the last few days been like as you get ready for this this game and this historic game? Well, TJ, let me let me just uh clarify and confirm something. I haven't even checked the line. We are underdogs, is uh, that what you're telling me against that Kentucky? Is, that is confirmed, okay. despite what most would wonder uh about the uh, the Vegas guys, they do I, tend I, to I've favor got, the blue bloods. I've, looked at the film. I've got it as a pick'em. Um <laughs> yeah, so um you know what? It, it is. It's really cool. I went to Abilene Christian. Uh, grew up in Memphis, then lived in Nashville, and so that's that's how we have you and I have that. Uh, Memphis, I'm always going to call it Memphis State, yep. and it's uh, it's cool to have Penny Hardaway back. I thought he did a great job this year, and and there's there's a lot of excitement there in the Bluff City. But um, man, for Abilene, Texas, you know, it, it's like a lot of people know who Abilene Christian is as university. They just don't know they know like. Uh, uh, if you're a, of a certain age, you'll know that Bobby Morrow won three gold medals in the 1956 Olympic Games. He was the fastest man alive. He was on the cover of Life magazine, Sports Illustrated. Then we had another AC sophomore four years later win a gold medal, Earl Young, in the Olympics as a 4 by 400 quarter miler. Uh, we, you know, we've had Wilbur Montgomery play in the Super Bowl for the Eagles. Uh, we had Taylor Gabriel a couple of years ago. He's now with the Bears. He was with the Falcons at the time. He played in that epic uh, Patriots comeback against the Falcons and um, you know, Lance Barrow is the producer of golf for CBS Sports. Doug Ferguson is the uh, AP golf writer. Uh, Jeev Milka Singh, who's played in the Masters three times and won four times on the European Tour. 
Uh, we had the Time Magazine Person of the Year, you know, a couple of years ago, Kent Brantley, one of the Ebola fighters, Ebola doctors, you know, so we've, we've got a lot of folks that you, you know, you may know. And if you're a, a fan of Raising Arizona, Randall Tex Cobb went to Abilene <laughs> Christian. So the boxer. We, we've, I we've love got it. some people, you know, you probably know, you probably know Abilene Christian. You just may not know you know us, but, um, you know, we went division one in 2013-14, uh, TJ, and, and one of the things is I've traveled around talking to folks, I've realized almost no one realizes that when you make the transition from Division Two to Division One, the NCAA mandates that you uh, cannot play postseason uh, for the first four years. And so while this is technically our sixth year in Division One, it's just our second year eligible to go to the tournament. And so um, that part is really amazing when you think about it. Northern Kentucky, which I believe plays Texas Tech. That's correct. Um, in the first round, they made it, I want to say two or three years ago, in their first year eligible. And so that's amazing. But to do it in our second year, man, uh, it, it's just been a real thrill. And, and I cannot, I don't mean this as a knock to my own university. It's just a fact. We were one of the very, we were probably one of the, 10 to 12 worst division two basketball teams in America. Uh, eight years ago when Joe Golding took over as head coach, he played for ACU back in the nineties as a point guard. Uh, and, and for us to be here playing the, you know, the bluest of the blue blood teams in college basketball, the winningest. In fact, I was thinking this morning, um, I know Kentucky's number one in terms of total wins in terms of win percentage. I, I need to check this. Abilene Christian may well be dead last in terms of winning percentage because, you know, when you go D1, you get your teeth kicked in sure. those first couple of years. Uh, so I, I would dare say that we're, you know, we're, we're dead last in winning percentage and we're playing number one. And John Calipari, who gets his suits custom made for free, and Joe Golding, who left his suit on a plane in Thibodeau, Louisiana a month ago and had to go buy one off the rack. I mean, <laughs> it, it, you just couldn't have a more, a more perfect foil for John Calipari than Joe Golding. It's, it's, it's really cool. All right. And what's really cool is this game is coming Thursday night in Jacksonville, yep. a 15 against a two. Quick aside, uh, I, I worked the Sunbelt Conference tournament win by Ron Hunter's Georgia State team this weekend. Yes. I was in New Orleans having worked the semifinal games on national digital radio. I'm in the hotel in New Orleans while UNO, which is a good story in and of its own, after Great emerging from, from bankruptcy, they're battling yep. uh, Abilene Christian, and I'm openly, yeah. privately in the hotel rooting for Abilene Christian to get it done. For the audience, you that were the only not, one. There you go. Well, yeah, but for the in that city, probably. But for the audience that maybe didn't see it or didn't understand it, it, it was a phenomenal performance where the team stayed on the accelerator in the final six, four minutes, three minutes of the game and yep. put it away. What was that like to be calling that and to watch this team bring it to fruition for the automatic bid with how well they played against a very game, very good UNO team and got the automatic bid? What was that like to call that? It, it was uh, it was surreal, and I know that term gets thrown around a lot, uh, and I'm not going to say literally surreal because it wouldn't be. It wasn't literally <laughs> surreal, but it, it felt surreal. Figuratively, it was surreal. Um, New Orleans had won the tournament two years ago uh, and went to the first, played in the first four, and lost by one. And so they had the experience of having been there before. This was our first time to even make the conference tournament. Last year, we were eligible for the first time and lost a tiebreaker to even get into the conference tournament. 
Uh, and so we were the two seed. We had two of our starters dismissed from the team by the university with five games to go in the regular season, still went four and one down the stretch. You got the two seed, which in the Southland gets you into, get you a double buy. I mean, you don't have to play until the semifinals where we went a knockdown drag out with Southeastern Louisiana, uh, 69, 66 on Friday night. And then we go to new Orleans and uh, we really control the game from start to finish. And, and uh, that's saying something against a, it, one of the toughest teams in our league, New Orleans. Uh, it, was, uh, it, it was a game that, you know, we couldn't ever pull completely away. We were leading 8-12 to 12 for most of the second half. But finally, uh, one of our seniors, a 6-7 kid from, you know, a, a ranch town in Texas, Throckmorton, the home of Bob Lilly, former uh, Dallas Cowboy great. Uh, Hayden Farquhar buried back-to-back three-pointers, put us up from 12 to 18, and and then the celebration was on. It, it uh, I just, I cannot, TJ. I mean, I know you've done so many games through the years. I've just, I, I've traveled so many miles, and and that that's not the point. My point is, I've just watched so much basketball. Most of them losses, you know, up up until the last couple of years when when Joe really got his seniors uh, cemented here and and. Uh, I'm just so I'm just tickled pink that folks are going to get a chance to see who Abilene Christian is. It's a great school. I love it. It's where I met my wife. My kids have grown up there. I've got two kids at ACU now. Uh, it's it's a special place and it's a great chance. Somebody asked me this morning, you know, what do you think about drawing Kentucky? And I thought, you know what? Um, why not? As a two, first of all, we're a 15 seed. And most teams in the most teams out of the Southland are a 16 seed, and often they play in the first four. Uh, and so it's a it's a huge compliment at 27 and six to to get a 15 seed uh, from a conference as small as the Southland Conference. But you knew if you're a 15, you're going to get somebody who's awesome, right? I mean, every two seed is going to be phenomenally talented. So why not get the very bluest of the blue blood, the best team in the history of college <laughs> basketball? Why not? I mean. Let's go ahead and go up against the best. We got Ian Eagle and Jim Spinarco calling the yep. game on, you know, on CBS. It's a prime time game, seven ten Eastern time tip off. Uh, it just couldn't have worked out any better, you know. Yeah, and a lot of the country will obviously be seeing that because it's on CBS and network TV and technology being what it is, they'll see it wherever. One more that I'd love to have you convey, and then I know. You're going to go. You've done a great job of laying out what it means to you, your family, what it's meant to the university. What has it meant to Abilene, Texas? Because it looked like, my friend, that half or at least a third of Abilene was in the arena the other night in Katy down south. Yeah. Uh, What has this meant for Abilene, and how nuts are they going ramping up for what's going to happen taking on Kentucky Thursday night? Well, you know, there are three. There are three colleges, and I'll give a little love. Uh, Hardin Simmons, which is a D three school, it used to be D one back in the eighties, but uh, Hardin Simmons is there, and McMurray University is there, and Abilene Christian is, is the other of the three universities, and it's the only one with the with the city in the name, Abilene Christian. And you know, you got Dias Air Force Base uh, there in in Abilene, Texas. You got great barbecue. You got oil and gas. Obviously, Charles Cootie won the nineteen seventy one Masters. Uh, has made his home in Abilene, grew up uh, not far away in Stanford, Texas. And, and, and so uh, lots of, of course, the, the song, Abilene, Abilene, prettiest town I've ever seen. <laughs> the women there won't treat you mean in Abilene. Great barbecue. <laughs> it's, it's a great town. And, and you know, it, there's just never been anything quite like it. Um, really, you have to go back to uh, when Bobby Morrow won three gold medals in the 1956 Olympics. He kind of put the city of Abilene on the map. Uh, and, and, uh, it's, it's a special time for the university. It's really cool for the whole town. 
You know, we're out there about two hours west of Colonial Country Club in Fort Worth, right on I-20 uh, in, in, in an area they call the big country. Uh, and our women's team, the next day after our men won it, they won the Southland Conference Tournament for the first time. Uh, so they're headed to play Baylor, the number one team in the country, on Saturday. It, it, it's, a, it's a pretty heady time, man, no doubt. No doubt, and I know you got to go. They're going to throw that ball up in the air, and this guy's going to be on the mic. And you've called a lot of big events. This guy calls major championships in golf, including the Masters. Yeah. You've been around yeah, a lot three of big weeks things. From, three weeks from Thursday, TJ, I'll be at Amen Corner. <laughs> but before hey, you – calling it, it, the, the, the volume will be a, will be ratcheted down a touch when I get to Amen Corner, let's just say it. That. I, I do I do know this that before you get there this is the best event in sports it's the best event in sports and when they throw the ball up Kentucky nothing and like Christian there is nothing like it enjoy it it'll be wild on the Wildcats broadcast of the game for your audience I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. Congrats on just getting there. What an amazing story for Abilene Christian. Grant Boone, thank you. Thank you for hanging out with me and telling some of that story here. As if I have to tell you this, have a blast on the game with Kentucky. Will do. Thanks, TJ. Thanks so much, man. Yes, we are back in once more on the only digital radio show devoted exclusively to those underdogs. I'm going to call Kevin Rogers back in here in just a second. Uh, Senior handicapper, VegasInsider.com. He's got more underdog picks coming uh, for the Friday games, and I do as well. Uh, Our thanks again to our guys with FanVest and the wagering uh, exchange that they have, the March Madness Portfolio Game. You can go check that out uh, there at FanVestWageringExchange.com and use those FanVest investment bucks. And Kevin, so before we get into the actual underdog picks, if we're going to give advice to the audience here, I want to go at it this way to help them with their FanVest March portfolio. If you had to pick a team out of the top ones, Duke, Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee, Gonzaga, Michigan State, all the top teams, um, Villanova, the defending champ, give me a favorite that's like a one or a two seed that you think can, if not will, go all the way here. Give me give me a top seed and why to make a run to Minneapolis, if not cut the nets down. You know, I look back at last year, and I really think that Virginia just drew a team that was a lot better than we all thought in UMBC, and Virginia played the worst game they could possibly play. And I think that's a lot of motivation going into this year, you know, that they're kind of under the radar a little bit, even though they're a number one seed that, uh, you know, Duke and Carolina get all the love in the ACC and Virginia's kind of the forgotten team because they're boring and they don't score a lot. But, uh, you know, this is a team I think that's going to be very motivated now after what happened last year. And, you know, looking in, at what they have, at least in the first few rounds, playing Gardner-Webb early, then Ole Miss or Oklahoma, you know, two teams, like I said before, that I don't even know if they're tournament-worthy teams. You know, they're, they're good, but are they at that level? And then you get past that, Wisconsin, Oregon, Kansas State, UC Irvine, that none of those are real powers until possibly you get down to the Elite Eight against Tennessee, Tennessee's a very good team, but we saw them get whacked by Auburn in the SEC championship. I just think that Virginia, out of all of these teams, and I know upsets can happen, and they're the number one example upsets can happen, but they don't have Michigan State in their region. They don't have 
Michigan or Kentucky or some of these other teams right. that uh, could really give them problems. I just think that Virginia can go can at least make it to the Final Four out of their region. All right, so among the favorites, I mean, Duke's got to be the favorite with Zion Williamson. And oh, by the way, the last two times the Final Four in Minneapolis, 2001-1992, give it up to the Duke Blue Devils. They won those two times. It's in Minneapolis again uh, for this year. Kevin, along those same lines, if it's not one of the top two seeds, let's say for the again for the Fan Vest, a wagering exchange in the March Madness portfolio game, a non-top for one seed or two seed, give me somebody else that you like that could maybe make a run here into the final four, let's say, uh, and be great value for somebody that's uh, using their fan bucks for investment. Well, I said Virginia would go to the final four, uh, but also I'm going to stay in the same region and uh, look at Cincinnati, even though I know it's probably not smart to take a one and to take a non one in the same region and go to the final four. because only one of them could make it. But I do like Cincinnati, and I'll tell you why. That they're playing in Columbus, so they're not far from home, which is good. And also, like I said before, I don't think that region is that tough. And for Cincinnati, they're like Virginia, where they're a team that's a grinded out. They don't score a lot of points. They're not flashy. They just beat up on Houston, who was a very good team in the AAC championship. And Cincinnati kind of feels like a forgotten team as well. So, you know, I just think that they're a team that could possibly, you know, make it uh, a few rounds. Maybe they'll beat Virginia in the uh, in the South region. I mean, think about this. Cincinnati goes to Columbus and then possibly Louisville. So they don't really have much travel, uh, which is very which is very uh, opportunistic for them yep. to, uh, to to just not really go far. And uh, I, you know, you look at other teams. You know, even like a Duke, you know, Duke still has to go to Washington, D.C., you know, potentially for the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. And, you know, Gonzaga still has to travel down to Anaheim. That North Carolina has to go to Kansas City. Like, you know, those teams don't have – North Carolina's got terrible travel. They're going to Columbus, Ohio, and Kansas Easy. And Cincinnati's got really good travel. So I think they're, they're a team that maybe can uh, win a few rounds, and we'll see if they can end up going to the Final Four. And along those same lines, I, I will I will go with a team that again is outside the first two seed lines, the ones and the twos, and I'll go Texas Tech in that West Regional. I, I think they might have something there. I know they got beat in their opening game by West Virginia, but I believe that probably woke them up. Uh, Texas Tech may have a little bit of a favorable draw. Uh, they've got the two seed at the bottom, Michigan, who they might match up well with. Gonzaga's at the top of the bracket along with Florida State, so. Let's see how it plays out for Texas Tech, but for the FanVest wagering digital exchange game here for the March Madness uh, pro- portfolio, uh, I, I'm saying Texas Tech Red Raiders, Chris Beard's team uh, with Jarrett Culver. I know the CEO of FanVest is John Culver, same last name, no relation, but Jarrett Culver, the player for Texas Tech, they were in the Elite Eight last year. Let's see. What happens uh, with the Red Raiders? And Kevin, that's going to lead us to the underdog picks. Let's get now to the Friday games of the underdog. 16 more, and again, the criteria the same. Outside of the 10 seeds, go from 11 seed or, or lower. Who do you like and why to pull an upset or at least keep it close for Three Dog Thursday purposes? Give me one. I am going to start with, actually, the uh, the later game, Ohio State and Iowa State, and obviously it's been documented that I took Iowa State to win the Big 12 tournament 
or at least to make to the championship, and they won the Big 12 tournament, beating Kansas. But now it goes back to the Iowa State flying under the radar, and now all of a sudden people know about them, so they're going to think Iowa State's going to go really far in this tournament. But I'm not too sure about that. They're playing Ohio State. You know, this is another one of these teams that, you know, do they really deserve to be in or not? They had uh, their big guy was, was suspended uh, late in the season, but he's back now. And, you know, they're playing in Tulsa, so really not a home court advantage for either team. But uh, Ohio State still playing in the really tough Big Ten, went 18-13. and 13, And I, I just think that Ohio State is a team with Chris Holtman as their coach that, uh, you know, I, I just think that this is a team that has a shot to uh, hang around, maybe win a game, be close. And I just think this is more of a fate of Iowa State than backing Ohio State just because this is the going against what everyone is thinking that Iowa State's going to be a team that's going to go very far. Because, you know what, I, it's like I mentioned with Auburn, that Auburn, did they, win their, did they win their championship by beating Tennessee? And now, you know, it, it can only go downhill from here. I feel the same way with Iowa State. Very interesting. He goes with Iowa State last week to win the Big 12 tournament. Could Ohio State upset them in the opening round? Kevin likes the Buckeyes. All right, I need two games. I'm going to go with one as well on Friday. I saw Georgia State again win that Sunbelt Championship. Ron Hunter's team back in the NCAA tournament for the second straight year, three times in five years on the automatic bid. A lot of the same players back for Georgia State. Uh, Demarcus Simons is their best player, very athletic, 6'5", long arms, gets to the hoop draws a lot of contact and fouls can really score Uh, they've got other role players Malik Ben Levy is an outstanding outside shooter for this team senior laden team they could give Houston problems in that matchup uh, that is coming up in Tulsa look out for Georgia State getting the 12 points in that I don't know that they can win it but the Georgia State Panthers the Sunbelt champs I believe can hang in for three dog Thursday purposes And so there's two from me, one more coming from you, Kevin, for Friday, another Three Dog Thursday, underdog special, please, sir. I'm going to go to the Big West with UC Irvine, the Anteaters, home of Scott Brooks. And I I think that, uh, you know, this is a game, another one of these where, you know, a bit under the radar, UC Irvine going to San Jose, so going from Southern California to Northern California, not bad travel for them. And, you know, a couple of things here. Yes, Kansas State was bounced early in the Big 12 tournament, so they don't have to, you know, they don't have the letdown necessarily. They had a great regular season, but they get bounced early, so they can, you know, as I say, hit the reset button. But, uh, you know, at the same time, uh, Dean Wade, he's hurt, so that doesn't help them. And this is a revenge game for UC Irvine. They got blown out by Kansas State last year in Manhattan, so I'm sure they, they remember that. They didn't shoot the ball well. It was just a bad loss for them. UC Irvine has lost five games this year. They haven't lost a game since mid-January against Long Beach State. They have some nice wins out of conference. They won at Texas A&M. And granted, it's not a great SEC team, but still an SEC team on the road. They won at St. Mary's. And we talked about St. Mary's beating Gonzaga uh, a little bit earlier. So they have some good wins on the road this year. And, you know, this is a team that still won 30 games. So it's got to mean something. And for Kansas State, you know, they're a team that – yeah, they've been pretty consistent all year long, and they have a good road record, so that's not going to be you know, a, a deterrent here. But you know, I just think that the situation, too, UC Irvine 
is playing, I mean, both teams are playing, what, an 11 o'clock, uh, 11 o'clock local That's time, yep. but UC Irvine's not traveling, so they don't have to worry about an adjustment. All they're doing is going north in the state. So, you know, that, I think that's going to be a bit tough. And I know these teams travel out there early. So they're, they're not getting there before the game where, where they're going to be so thrown off. But, you know, I just think that's not an, an advantageous uh, travel situation for Kansas State, who had a really good season. They're kind of getting screwed here by going to San Jose. So, you know, I think that UC Irvine here has got some motivation to win. And remember, Kansas State was an Elite Eight team last year. Dean Wade had been hurt, their big man, but he was healthier in the in the March uh, in the month of March and in the NCAA tournament, and they, it helped him get to the Elite Eight. But he's hurt again and likely will not play uh, here in this matchup with Irvine. That could be a big deal. And again, an early start, and Irvine has the advantage with the time zones and the whole thing. Well, let's see how that goes. I'm going to stay in that same site in San Jose. And the 12-5 matchup, Kevin, I know a year ago all of the five seeds won 4-4, four for four. But usually the 12 beats a 5 at least once. Some years it's a couple of times. And I like the Oregon Ducks off the Pac-12 title win where they throttled Washington in the championship game. Won four games in four days for Dana Altman's team. Wisconsin is good. They've got Ethan Happ, who's a good player, but they're not great. Uh, they didn't uh, They didn't do great things in the, in the Big Ten or the Big Ten tournament. I just I like that second matchup with again Wisconsin having to travel west. It's an easier trip for Oregon, who's in on a roll. I'll take them in the twelve five game to win the game outright. Oregon only a point and a half underdog, but I'll take them to win the game outright as my third underdog here. And one more disclaimer. We saw Belmont win the Tuesday night first four game over Temple to advance on, and Belmont will now play Maryland. We don't know the result of the Wednesday night game that we referenced earlier, Arizona State and St. John's, because at the time we're taping, that game hasn't been played. But the the winner of that gets Buffalo as the sixth seed in the 6-11 game. Kevin, eight years in a row of the first four, a team winning a first four game has gone on to at least win their opening round game on the Thursday or Friday after they've done it. Uh, In fact, there are three occasions where a team won at least the first two games, and obviously 2011 VCU won four games to go to the Final Four. So just pay attention to Belmont or either Arizona State or uh, or St. John's. Again, you may be listening Friday. We don't know that result right now of who's playing Buffalo or not, but look out Buffalo for that matchup because of the first four. What do you make of that, Kevin Rogers, uh, of that trend? I mean, you know what it is that I think that we forget sometimes that these teams, you know, we, we look at the first four and we think of just 16 seeds. And I think what the NCAA tournament did really well, or at least the committee, was establishing that, what, 11 seeds. You have good teams. You have quality teams playing, you know, in these late games during the first four. And these are teams that, yeah, should be in the tournament and that can knock off a pretty good team uh, in the next round. And you know what? I think a lot of them, you know, have momentum. Fairleigh Dickinson won against Prairie View. And, you know, yeah, they have momentum, but they're going to lose to Gonzaga just because Gonzaga is better than them. You know, it's as simple as that. But, you know, in these other games, the 11 seed games, you know, the 11 seeds, they can hang with the six seeds. There's no reason why they can't. And, uh, you know, they do have to have some extra travel. We saw VCU do it where they had to play in the first game, and they rode that all the way to the Final Four, which shocked smart years ago. So I just think that they, uh, you know, that, that there is some momentum there 
with these teams, in spite of all that travel, they have the yep. extra day, and uh, you know, I think they'll, you know, they, they can still pull the upset. All right, we're just about come to the end here. You about ready to go and throw the ball up for 32 games over the course of two days, Thursday and Friday, and be ready to to watch all this with all the extra TVs and screens. You ready to go? Yeah, I have to subscribe to True TV now uh, to try to find that extra game. But uh, yeah, yeah, we're we're ready to go, and uh, obviously March is very big for us. You know, we have our bracket breakdowns where you can look at you know every single matchup with all the teams with their straight up against the spread records, over under, all of that, uh, line moves, everything you need, printable brackets. So you can check all that out at VegasInsider.com, and we'll have all the up or all the results updated not only for the NCAA tournament, but also for the NIT, the CBI, your favorite tournament, the CIT. Oh, so you know we have all, and you know what? Hey, they're games you can bet on. So you know if you're really, you know, if you really want a good matchup and you want to look at, you know, Southern Mississippi and Longwood, go right ahead. So you know, there's plenty of matchups besides the NCAA tournament to look at. So it's a really busy next uh, three weeks ish or so uh, as college basketball wraps up. Yep, nobody has better info than VegasInsider.com, especially for all the March Madness, all the games, all of the stuff. And again, follow them at TwitVI. Follow Kevin at Vi Rogers, and uh, follow this show as well at Three Dog. Uh, Thursday. Uh, again, we'll go over the underdog picks. Kevin, on Thursday's games, uh, you may already know the results here if you're listening on Friday, has St. Mary's in the matchup with Villanova uh, getting the five points. I took New Mexico State in the five and a half against Auburn to keep it close, if not win. The Friday games, Kevin goes uh, with the Anteaters of Cal Irvine in five and a half points. And again, it's like a it's like a rhythm here. Also, Ohio State in the matchup with Iowa State, five and a half points. Kevin takes the Buckeyes. I will take the Georgia State Panthers against Houston in that matchup in Tulsa in uh, in that showdown. The 14 versus the 3 seed. Georgia State getting 12 points to keep it close. And also the Oregon Ducks in the 12-5 matchup with Wisconsin. Give me Oregon and the 1.5 there to win on that front. Kevin, enjoy all the games. Thank you as always for the insight and the underdogs. will know the Sweet 16 this time next week. We'll whittle down 68 teams down to 16. We look forward to it. Thank you for the time on this edition of Three Dog Thursday, sir. All right, you too, TJ. Thank you. There he goes, Kevin Rogers. And we thank you for being with us. And a reminder, the FanVest Wagering Exchange website, the March Madness Portfolio, get in before Thursday and everything locks because you can invest on your teams all the way through the tournament, your FanVest bucks, but you've got to get in before Thursday, FanVestWageringExchange.com. Uh, that sponsor here is part of us with uh, with Three Dog Thursday. Also, thanks to Vivid Seats, again, for all of the sites all across the country, from Hartford to San Jose to Des Moines to Jacksonville to Columbus, Ohio, and Tulsa, Oklahoma, and on and on. VividSeats.com, the Vivid Seats app. The promo code to get 10% off your order is TJBasketball10. TJBasketball10 will save you 10% off your order for all those great seats, up to $50 off that initial order, TJ Basketball 10 from Vivid Seats as a sponsor of Three Dog Thursday. That'll do it for this show. Our thanks also to our guests, uh, John Culver, founder and CEO of FanVest, uh, wageringexchange.com, 
in the March Madness portfolio game. Thanks also to Grant Boone, the voice of the ACU Wildcats, Abilene Christian and Kentucky playing Thursday. Let's see what happens in the Wildcats against the Wildcats, a 15 against a 2. Thanks also to Kevin Rogers, and thank you for being with us as well. Whether you found us on RadioInfluence.com or you subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, thank you for finding us as part of Three Dog Thursday. Enjoy the March Madness. We're back next week to talk Sweet 16 and Elite 8. Cannot wait for that. Enjoy the hoops. Thank you for being with us. I'm TJ Reeves for Three Dog Thursday. Bye. This is the Landry Football with Chris Landry. Quick fix on Radio Influence. I want to start with the free agent do's and don'ts. Talk to you a little bit about the process during the course of the year. Uh, it's a process of your coaches evaluating your own team, your pro personnel department evaluating your own team, and your pro personnel department evaluating every player in the league, every other team and every player in the league. So it's their job to be experts on who's playing well, who's got value, you you add in the component of the health information that you have, the medical information that you have, any character information that you have, any off-the-field situations, salary cap situations, uh, you know, contract situations, so on and so forth, and you have a good feel for it. Now, as the season gets over and you do your due diligence on your players, which that's been done already, and you also get your coaches involved in players around the league that they think and how they compare – with those players to the rest of the team. So, you know, the self-evaluation process for NFL teams is never as easy as they might, fans might imagine. Identifying the problem is only the first step. By the time the offseason begins, they've, they've had all the internal evaluations, all the statistical analysis, all the analytics, and, you know, you, you construct that big board in your pro personnel side to where you see – you know, how your players stack up against the rest of the league. And then who's pulling his weight? Where might there need to be an upgrade? What is the reason for the problems? And, you know, why are you getting beat over the top? And whose talent isn't matching up to the cap hit? Who's, who's ready to carry a heavier, a heavier load? And who's starting to decline? And just, you know, as opposed to just who might have just had an off year. Those questions have to be answered thoroughly. Chris Landry brings you Landry Football every week on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and, of course, RadioInfluence.com.